All right, okay. So I do appreciate being here, appreciate the music. And um, yeah, still getting adjusted. Most of you know my wife went to be with the Lord about 16 months ago, almost to the day, and still getting used to that. But the uh, Lord's with me, and I, I don't know how people that are not saved live with this. You know, when somebody goes on to eternity. And so it's a, it was a blessing to hear some of the, the, the music tonight in regards to our Lord coming back. Amen. Amen. So uh, the other thing I'll give you, but we're going to go to 1 Samuel 13 to start out with. I've got new hearing aids in. I thought you didn't get hearing aids till you were like 90. And my wife was saying for the last five years, fortunately you want to be with the Lord, you need to get your ears checked, ears checked. And finally I did, and they said they're pretty bad. So... Uh, the only problem is sometimes I don't know how loud, they're, they're really sort of strange, sometimes I don't know how loud I'm being. So hopefully nobody has a problem hearing me tonight. Oh, that's normally not a problem. Man. You're smiling, brother, amen? So uh, I may surprise you just be a little quieter tonight, amen? So uh, people say sometimes, why do you get so loud? I don't, I don't do it as a show, but I do it out of passion. When I was at the rock concerts as a kid, I won't even name the groups. I don't want them going through your head. Probably shouldn't have mentioned the stuff I did already. But, you know, when I was a kid and you go to that stuff, it's same was, you know, uh, going to, to sporting events and stuff. People have no problem showing their passion. Right. And, uh, and I know what I was before I got saved. Uh, I, I know what I am after I got saved. Yeah. Amen. So if I hear about that song about the blood and about Christ and about being saved, about him coming back, Amen. there's something to that. Amen. So, uh, and I open his word and uh, so I just thank God for being saved. I do appreciate your pastor, Brother Muncie. I just called, give him a report a couple weeks ago. He's all come on down and just to give you a brief report since I saw you last preach to, I don't know, probably uh, six, seven, eight hundred thousand people or so. Uh, did taste of uh, Cincinnati uh, Indy 500. We, I think I did the Derby before I was here. Did some other events in Cincinnati, and uh, I go out to Florence twice a week. I've been to Lexington, and it's really a blessing. And there's more of a of an openness to the gospel in the last year than I've seen the last ten years combined. Amen. So, a lot of it's a seed planting ministry. But my heart is really to travel. And do evangelism, uh, just be out there, preach the gospel, uh, and do it right with the right doctrine, the right compassion. Ninety percent of the people that are out there preaching on the street, it's probably more them in it than it is God in it. And uh, I've learned a lot from my own mistakes, but I just want to be used to the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, uh, all right, if you would stand and go to First Samuel chapter thirteen. First Samuel chapter 13. Can everybody hear me okay at this point? Okay. First Samuel chapter 13. And the Bible tells us, the Word of God, thank God for this Bible, amen? Amen. Bible tells us, verse 14, it says, But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought of a man after his own heart. And we know he's referring to David there. Now, if you could turn over to Nehemiah chapter 12. Nehemiah chapter 12, that's still in the Old Testament, amen? Yep. Some of you just aren't used to my sense of humor, some, you know, but uh, some of these churches I go into and it seems, and I'm not, I'm not patronizing, it's just some of these churches you go into, we, we used to be, and I used to be in 50, 60 churches a year and you do revival meetings and so forth and 
some, sometimes you'll, you know, I'll tell people, okay, open your Bible to the book of Hezekiah chapter 3. And you get, you know, the preacher's paging through it, you know. So, uh, but look at uh, Nehemiah chapter 12. And it says here, And the chief of the Levites, Hasbiah and Sherebiah and Jeshua, the son of Kedemiel, with their brethren over against them to praise and to give thanks according to the commandment of David, the man of God. And I want to preach a little bit tonight on the man of God and on having a heart after God. And before I even begin, and I'll let you see it in just a moment, we're going to make the distinction that I'm not talking about salvation. I appreciate what Brother Muncie said earlier uh, about being, uh, that, that you can't lose your salvation, something along that line. I thank God my salvation's not based on me or I'd be in hell about 10,000 times since I got saved. Amen. Uh, people just don't get it. I thank God for biblical salvation, but I'm not talking about that tonight. I'm talking about those that are saved. Now, if you're not saved, I hope you come to Christ tonight. I hope you believe on Christ and realize that you deserve hell and judgment. You realize that there's no religious deed or ritual you can do, no mass, no prayers, and you place your faith uh, as, as a worthless sinner in the wor finished work of Calvary in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. But for those that are saved tonight, that's primarily who the message is for. And again, I try to always say I'm here to try to encourage you, not discourage you. Amen. So I want to look again at the passage we just read in 1224. It says, David, the man of God. Heavenly Father, we ask for your help tonight. Thank you for your goodness. I pray you give me clarity of thought and mind. Uh, thank you, Lord, for the uh, blessing of being here. Thank you for Brother Muncie's concern for, for me, for the ministry, and for souls. What a blessing to see uh, a church that has tracks and uh, trying to do things all they can to get the gospel out, ordering tracks uh, special for uh, the, the, whatever goes on the end of October there with Halloween and all that, Lord. So many people don't seem to care about souls anymore. So I just thank you, Lord, for uh, being part of this uh, ministry here and uh, having Brother Muncie as a friend and others that I've met here, uh, friends as well. And I just thank you for your goodness. Lord, we pray tonight that, that it would not just be a routine, just coming to church and singing some songs, Lord, but that you would stir our hearts tonight. But I pray you'd be with every word that I would speak, Lord. I don't want to speak anything from me, my opinion. Lord, I would like to be used of you. I'm, I'm a, an unworthy servant, Lord. I do not deserve to be saved. I do not deserve to be behind a pulpit. I do not deserve to be out sharing the gospel. But I thank you, Lord, for the privilege and for your grace that enables all of these. We ask you to be with us. Help us to not be thinking about uh, dinner tomorrow, work tomorrow, a snack tonight, stopping at Dairy Queen. Lord, help us to think about not our troubles, but about you tonight and about your word. We ask you to bless us and strengthen us in Christ's name. Amen. All right, you may go ahead and have a seat. Thank you again. And I want to preach again tonight uh, the, 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 uh, the concept of being a man or a woman of God. How's that? That's politically correct. Amen. A man or a woman of God. Because you know what? There's a lot of godly ladies. I don't want to leave any of them out. Amen. But I want to make the distinction again. I'm not talking about how to be saved. I'm talking about how we are as believers. Does anybody remember what it was like when they first got saved? Now, some of you, it was probably a, a long time ago. Amen? <laughs> I've been saved about, again, you'll have to get used to my sense of humor. I've been saved about 41 years. 
And I remember that there is nothing that mattered to me uh, more than wanting to please my Lord. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. And I was a jogger. I was a bodybuilder. I weighed 135, bench 350. I was a, a fighter. I was the whole bit, you know, and uh, I've shared that with you before. And I used to, I had a, a tank top. I don't wear them now, but I had a tank top. And I had just gotten saved maybe a week or two. And I would jog two, three, four miles. And I, I, I had on the front and the back of that tank top said, running for Jesus. And I was just, how could a Savior care for me? Jesus, do you really know what I did? And the type of life that I lived? And yet you washed my sins away in your blood and you said, you said you're my child now? I want, to, I want us to get a refresher tonight and maybe challenge you and I because I'm preaching to myself as well. And I don't care if you're 7 or 70 or anywhere in between. I want to challenge you. Are you a man or a woman after God's heart? Now, the word of man of God, the phrase, it's an interesting title. You, know, you preach around the country, and, and I'm not a big name, don't want to be, and not trying to impress anybody. And, uh, but, you know, they'll, they'll come up and say, oh, the man of God's here to do a revival meeting for us this week. And, you know, I've gotten to a place where I don't like being called that. I would honestly rather be called an unworthy servant of Christ. And I'm not saying that phrase is completely wrong. I'm not in any way being negative about anybody who uses that. But we tend to think that anybody who's behind a pulpit happens to be a man of God. The pulpit does not make you a man of God. Uh, ladies, if you're a pastor's wife, a preacher's wife, it does not make you a woman of God. Now, again, I'm not talking about being a Christian. I'm talking about somebody who really has a heart after God. And so when we think of, uh, of that, I'll give you just a few instances of where that phrase, man of God, is used in the Bible. Uh, Moses, Deuteronomy 33, 1. Uh, the man who chastised Eli. Samuel, 1 Samuel 9, 6. David, we just looked at. Also, Second Chron well, Chronicles uh, 8, 14. The man from Judah who cried out against King Jeroboam in 1 Kings 13, 11. Elijah, Elisha, and so forth. The only time that phrase is used for somebody in the New Testament is Timothy. And the, when we talk about, well, what do you mean about a man of God? Here's how I define it. If you don't like it, you can make your own up. Amen? This is just my, uh, my idea of it from uh, searching the scriptures out and so forth. But the idea is, is being after God's heart will be defined as one who has a deep longing to please God and to obey God. A deep longing, and, it, and there's, there's an affection there, and a, a care for God there, and a desire to please him, amen? I want to just share this with you. You can be a man of God or a woman of God if you're a janitor, a housewife, a blogger, a mechanic, a construction worker. I want to challenge you tonight. Because we throw this term around and, and listen, uh, you'll see somebody come out and they've got a fancy robe on. Somebody was there. I was at a ministry yesterday and they came out and somebody had a fancy uh, garb on and he had the hat on and all that. Most likely, I'm going to guess Roman Catholic or something along that line. And, you know, normally we'd say, well, uh, that person is probably a man of God. 
We live in a day and an age today, folks, where what the world needs to see is they need to see men and women of God who have a heart after God, who love God and long after God and want to please God like nothing else. Am I right? You go out on the street, they know how real you are. Look with me, if you would, at Psalm 42. Psalm 42. Again, my purpose is to encourage this evening. As I was helping a ministry out yesterday, it was not my ministry, and I was there. As I started, I've been praying about uh, what to preach tonight, and I'm there amongst that ministry, and and a lot of people around, and I just almost broke into tears. I had to control. I had tears. I had to control how much, and I'm around all these other strangers. Because in, in all honesty, and I'm going to do something that's not very popular, I'm going to be a little transparent. There's times in my life where I've been sold out to the Lord 110%. And there's been times in my life where I've been sold out for me. And there's been times where, in all honesty, and I I know uh, that it doesn't sound very spiritual for somebody behind the pulpit, but there's times where uh, you take sin lightly. There's times you take lightly your actions and the words that you speak. And I was in tears thinking I want to be a man after God's heart. Psalm 42, look at verse 1 if you would. The Bible says is the heart, and that's a deer that's an adult deer over five years old generally. Panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall come and appear before God? You see the difference there between just being saved? I want to ask you tonight, do you have that that attitude? It it reminds me of this. When I first met my wife, man, I I was after her heart. I mean, look at me. It took a lot of work, amen? Who's laughing? Okay. Uh, but but you know what I, I man I opened the door for her I wanted to buy her roses I wanted to buy her flowers I wanted to make her happy uh, let's go here where do you want to eat let's go here let's go there I was newly saved she had gotten saved a couple months after I did and the Lord put us together but the the point is no other woman meant a thing to me while my wife was around that woman who I believe that God put there to be my wife I didn't care what any other woman looked like I didn't want to make anybody else happy it was her. Am I right? Would be to God that we would have that attitude to our Savior. That we would thirst for him. You know what we do? We get casual. Oh, I, I did church. I did this. I'll get more into that in a few minutes. I did this. I did my devotional. Boom, we'll, we'll click the TV on. We'll watch football. We'll do this. We'll do whatever. But we've lost our thirst in American churches. We've like, oh, wait a minute. This, this is Landmark Baptist Church. 
We're independent Baptists. We're King James. We've lost our thirst for God in our independent Baptist churches. I want to ask you tonight, where's your thirst? If you want to be a man or a woman after God's heart, you will, you will need to have a deep longing to please him. Now, you, you know, and here's what's funny. You know, you get married and you're married. We were married almost 39 years. But, you know, a few years go by and you know what you do? And, gentlemen, you can lie all you want in public, but we're all guilty of this. Maybe a few of you ladies, too. You know what we do? We start taking each other for granted. We start developing a more casual attitude towards that woman, gentlemen, that we longed for and wanted to please. And Am I right? We develop more of a cat. Maybe you're more spiritual than I am, but it was easy for me to do that at times. I'm busy. I'm doing my own thing. I'm writing a book. I'm studying for a message. I'm having fun time or whatever. I'm doing my own thing. I'm working in my study. And my wife comes in. Hey, honey, what about this? Uh-huh, yeah, sure. If it was years before, I'd stop everything I was doing, give her my full attention. You know what God wants today is our full attention. Let's look at a few things here. So the first thing is to have a deep longing after, after God. Amen. A thirsting after God. Look at uh, 2, Timothy, or 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I know I usually joke when I'm here and say, Brother Muncie said I had till 10. He did not say that tonight. He said I had till 9. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'll try to be very time-oriented. I know some of you have things to do. Some of you are just hungry and want to go eat. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 4, but look at verse uh, 10. Verse 10. For Demas hath forsaken, hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. If you really want to be a man or a woman after God's heart, you're going to have to make sure you don't love this world. Yes. Amen. And by the way, I didn't say you can't enjoy some things. And, and you can disagree with me all you want to. I believe Demas was, was saved. I also believe he's a good example of what we can be if we do not continue following the Lord. And that world can be very enticing. Second Corinthians chapter 4, 4, you don't have to turn there, but it says Satan is the God of this world. And as our world progresses, digresses, we find it used to line up a little bit more with at least a biblical concept of God and heaven and hell and the Bible, uh, and then it and then it got uh, it slowly deteriorated. It used to be I've got I've got uh, newspapers home from Billy Sunday when he would preach, and they would put his messages on the front page of newspapers. They print his entire sermon in the secular newspaper. You certainly wouldn't find that today. But that world is very harmful. That world can be very deceitful. And what God, listen, a man at work, and certainly adultery is sin, there's no doubt about that. But a man at work, he sees his wife, they're married a few years, she's gained a few pounds, she's not always as, uh, you know, doesn't always brighten up and look like Mary Poppins when you, when you come at home. And, but you know what, then you go to work. And the women are all dressed right, or, or not dressed appropriately, but they all look nice, and they all smell nice, and they're all pleasant, and they smile at you. You know how easy it is for a man to get drawn away uh, to that? 
if he does not continue having that love for his wife. You know, the world is the same way because God says, I want you to love me most and I don't want anything to come close to your love for me. And there's things in this world that are bad, wicked, evil, we should have no part in. And there are some things that we would consider uh, a word that I probably wouldn't have said years ago, neutral in a sense. I'm not saying you can't have some enjoyment doing things that are, are considered appropriate. One time a few years ago, we went down to Pigeon Forge. We'd only been there three or four times. It was one of our favorite places to go uh, for a vacation. And uh, we went down there, and my wife and I, I remember there was a, a National Quartet Convention there. The girls were there. And my wife and I went to an arcade. And we spent probably three hours in this arcade popping quarters in and doing skee-ball. And we had a blast. And I knew there'd be some brethren that would probably say, what in the world are you doing that? You should never have walked into an arcade. How, ter- how terrible is that? I'm not saying, there's probably some people here who like football. Am I right? Raise your hand if you like football. All right. Some churches, you'd all be going to hell. <laughs> I'm just saying. If it was baseball, it'd be okay because the preacher watches baseball, you know. Now, when I was growing up, I liked boxing. That was my thing. But I was never, I played football, this and that. I wasn't really that involved in it. But there is nothing wrong with you if you want to enjoy a baseball game or a football game. The problem is when it becomes your God. And I'll share with you something as far as a personal testimony. I used to, I want you to, if you could learn from my mistakes, you'd be, you'd be D.L. Moody, Adoniram Judson, and Billy Sunday all together. But I was so concerned about the environment that my children were in years ago that I said, we're not going to baseball games because they've got the alcohol there. They've got the cussing there. And knowing me, I'd end up preaching or something, getting up, you know, uh, correcting somebody and all this. And we're going to be, I want to be so protective that we're going to about do nothing. And now I look back and I, I wish I had done those things. And, and, give, and, and, and said, hey, you know what? We, can, we, we don't have to partake of the alcohol. We're not going to, amen? amen? And if somebody's cussing too much, you can go somewhere else. I, I just want to encourage you to remember that we need to not love the world. And if you feel something in that world pulling at you and pulling your affections and pulling your attention to the point that God becomes second or it even comes anywhere close to your love for God, then you better be careful. I'm not saying you're not going to lose your salvation if you're saved. But it may affect your walk. It will affect your relationship with Christ. Amen? Look with me, if you would, at Second um, Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three, and look at verse four, We're talking about the last days. It says this: It says, "Traitors, heady." Second Timothy chapter three, verse four: "High-minded lovers of pleasures." Is that what yours says? Yep. Is there a period there? No, more than lovers of God. Amen. God does not expect you to be confined to a church building 24-7 the rest of your life or whatever it is. 
You have a life. The problem is what God desires is for you to put him first, have a love for him that nothing else comes close to, and then be the light in this world you ought to be. I've got a a pastor friend of mine that he enjoys fishing. I I wonder if he ever got saved. And I'm just kidding. But for him, it's fishing, fishing, fishing. And sometimes I think he wrestles with how much he goes out and this and that. So it doesn't have to be a a TV. It doesn't have to be this or it doesn't have to be that. It could be something as simple as as fishing. And so in saying that, I want want to encourage us that our greatest affection, our our greatest passion should be for the Lord. Amen? Amen? Romans chapter 14, if you'd go there. Romans chapter 14. So in that, with what we just said about loving the world, I want to encourage us, look at Romans uh, 14, and look at verse 4. <clears throat> Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? I want to encourage you also is in that as you examine this and what we're talking about, that you examine your life and not worry about somebody else's. Right. Because maybe God has given you a conviction about sports, but hasn't about that brother. Maybe conviction can, uh, or excuse me, sports could cause you to have your heart taken away from the Lord, but it doesn't bother him. He's got a balance and he can handle it. And our tendency, and I hate to say it, even in Baptist circles, probably especially in Baptist circles, is to be self-righteous. And you know how we do that? We look at other people and then we think we're better. How dare they? Uh, They let their kids watch this. I'm not talking about a bunch of garbage. Uh, They let their kids watch this. I would never let my kids watch that. We're not to judge another man's servant. You can encourage, you can exhort, but just remember God's made everybody here different. Amen? I'm glad. And remember that our outward appearance and actions and our outward righteousness do not make you a man or a woman of God. Amen. And that's an area in our churches where we mess up. Because we sit here and we think, uh, and I'm not picking, I'm all for modest apparel and I'm all for people that don't understand and they're still growing. I'm all for just having grace. And I mean that. I'm not going to change what I believe this Bible says or what convictions God has given me if you don't have those convictions. But we end up with a form of self-righteousness in a lot of our Baptist circles where we sit here and we think, hey, uh, uh, and I've seen ladies do this. they, They dress in the longest skirt they can find. They dress in the most modest apparel they can. I say praise the Lord, especially compared to society out there. I'm not knocking modest apparel. Don't take this wrong. But if we're not careful, we can develop an outward, uh, an attitude because of our outward righteousness, our outward appearance, and we can think based on that, we are a man or a woman of God. We wear the suit. We come to church. The neighbors see us. We might even have a bumper sticker on the car. And we think that that, sometimes we think that that can replace being a man or a woman of God, somebody after God's heart. 
And one thing I, one of the brothers saw me bring this in. I don't celebrate Halloween. I'm all for giving tracks out. Amen. But you know what we do in our circles? We put our church mask on. We put our church face on. What are you and nobody's looking? Because God's always looking. Yeah. Amen. If I was to ask you to raise your hands, if you want to be a man, a woman, a young person after God's heart, who would raise their hand? Amen. Be honest, don't be Baptist. Amen? The first thing we need is that deep longing to please our God and have our affection in our God. Amen? Amen. And then we need to make sure that we're not loving this world, that nothing comes close to that affection. And again, it goes back to that wife scenario. There ought to be no one that comes close to that affection you have for your spouse. Amen? And it goes both ways. But you know what we do? We put our church fat face on. We put our church mask on. I'm here in a suit and tie. I'm here in the, the, the right modest apparel, and I'm okay. Well, I want to declare unto you today that God sees everything that you and I do. And we want to talk about that lost world, how terrible they are, and their homosexuality, and there's all this. Listen, in our churches today, there's so much sin, we, don't even, we wouldn't even be able to comprehend it. Got our, got our church mask on. I can tell you times where I'd be on my way to go preach somewhere. I'm the preacher. I'm the guest preacher. And I get a flat tire a half hour out of church, and I'm supposed to be there. And early to set up the table. I'm so spiritual, I kick the tire. And get upset. Not cussing. God took that away from me the moment I got saved. He left me some other things to deal with to make sure I didn't get self-righteous. I, I didn't get down and pray on my hands and knees. God help me with this. I kicked the tire. I got my kids right there watching me. What's your life like at home? Fussing with the wife. Oh, we got, we got, wait a minute, we're getting into church. And you commit, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like you do this. You know, you, right? You want, to, you want to be a man or woman after God's heart? What's your thought life like? Lust. Pornography has invaded our churches. And what used to be something you had to hide to do is available at Walmart for $5 on their discount DVD section. Sin. Besetting sin. Things you're struggling with. You want to be a man or a woman after God's heart? It's going to take a four-letter word, and I don't use a lot of those. <laughs> I haven't used any since I got saved, like I said, but I'm going to use a four-letter word here. You know what it means? It means being real with God. How, you treat your, how do you treat your wife, gentlemen? Ladies, how do you treat your husband? Young people in this room, how do you treat mom and dad? Flip side, parents, how do you treat your children? So we want to put our church mask on and we think everything is okay. And I'm going to tell you this. I want to share this with you. The reason that, that world is going to hell is not because of the, the gay pride parades. It's because God's people aren't real. We want to put on our church mask and we're self-righteous. And look at me. And look how I dress. And I got my Bible. And I'm here at church. 
But the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And that just doesn't mean the gay pride parade. That means your heart and mine. This is just my opinion. So I'll share that with you. You know what I think would be good in America today, even in our independent Baptist churches? To have a men's group that meets twice a week or twice a month where they could openly discuss things just between men because you know what? I don't care how, how spiritual you think you are. The majority of us in this, in, in this room struggle with things. But we're afraid to say anything about it because if, if, if you ever were to make public what you struggle with in most of our churches, you'd be kicked out. And I'm not saying this because I like that preacher, but I don't believe he would do that to you. And there's a place for sin getting corrected. I'm not taking away from that. But when somebody's struggling and have a difficult time, a godly man, a godly woman will say, let me help you. Is that not what the scriptures teach? Yep. But imagine having a men's group that meets twice a month where they can actually be open with each other and say, you know, I'm struggling with this. That alcohol still bothering me. I got a problem with my thought life. I'm not praying enough. I don't have a desire to see people get saved. I look at things I shouldn't look at. I listen to things I shouldn't listen to. I still have, I'm drawn to a type of music that I know doesn't honor God. Could, could you help? Could we talk? Could we pray? And then if we had a ladies group, did the same thing. Boy, my husband, and probably the first complaint would be, my husband just can be so hard to deal with. Right? Help me with my children. The Bible talks about the, the age of teaching the younger. How many young people have uh, their first baby and nobody there to help them raise that child right? Even changing diapers. But imagine a ladies group that met twice a month. And they discussed their weaknesses. They discussed things in which they were struggling with. Imagine a teen, a teen group where they got together twice a month and said, you know what? We're going to talk. And it would take a strong leader to do that but to be able to say, you know, we're going to talk about things that, that we struggle with. Why do we have so much sin in America today? Why do we have so much sin even in our churches today? We're so afraid of saying anything. And I know that there's sin that should be dealt with. First Corinthians 5, there was sin that was dealt with, and a man was kicked out of the church, the Bible says. And I believe he was a saved man. Yes, sir. So saying that, our attitude, look at Galatians chapter 6. I just want you to examine yourself tonight. We'll be done here in about five minutes. Galatians chapter 6. You want to be a man or woman after God's heart? Then we're going to be more concerned with our walk with God other than just church and being around other Christians. Amen? Amen. If you act the same way Excuse me, if you act differently at work than you do around the Christians here at church, there's something wrong. And if you want to be a man or a woman or a teenager or a young man after God's heart or young lady, you've got to be different. 
And, and what's going to cause that is your, you know, the Bible says the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Do, do you realize what that does, what that really means? And, and for a believer, the idea of us, the, the, to know that here we are saved, we're in, we're in Christ, we're believers, we're going to be with him for all eternity, that ought to stir us to live right. But I'm talking about going beyond just living right. I'm talking about being so sold out for the Lord, nobody has a question about your love for Christ. Look at Galatians, if you would, chapter 6, and look at verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault... Tell everybody about it because it'll make you look spiritual. You read these old books, and I've got a lot, D.L. Moody and all these, and these old meetings, temperance meetings they used to have. And they would stand up at these meetings, and they would openly, publicly say, I've got a problem with alcohol. Would you pray for me? I guarantee you that there are people here struggling with some things. It would be to God that we would say, God... I'm going to do what Hebrews tells us. I'm going to lay aside the sin and the weight which still so easily beset us. I want to be a man and a woman, or, or a woman after God's heart. But look what it says. If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. God makes a distinction there. Restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. It's not the attitude of, I can't believe you did this. I would never do something that unspiritual. I've seen examples where down the road, guess what that person fell yes, into the sir. same exact exactly thing. Right. That's exactly right. Our attitude ought to be to restore, not condemn. And again, yeah. I'm not taking away from biblical church discipline at all. What I'm talking about is, a, is believers working together, wanting to be all they can for the Lord, and being open and honest with each other. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, almost done. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. Everybody with me? 1 Timothy chapter 6. I've had, I've had more and more people I've seen in the last six months, eight months, ten months. Hey, I'm saved, but i got a problem here. I'm, I'm saved. I really, I really want to love the Lord. But 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. It says, but thou, O man of God, flee these things, the things you just mentioned, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. The man or woman after God's heart is going to try to not sin. They're going to realize sin is a holy, uh, an offense to a holy God, and they're going to be like David in Psalm 51, and they're going to regret it. Amen. Amen. And if you're not careful, if you're saved... And I know there's a lot of people out there that make professions and they're not saved. But if you're saved, if you're not careful, if you start getting off into sin, what will happen is you'll lose your identity in Christ and you'll think that's all you are and your sin will get worse and worse and worse. Due to time, I'm not going to go to the other verses that I had. But we do know this passage in Revelation that talks about losing your first love. I I want, without an answer... Before the God we say we love so much, I want you to ask yourself, not your spouse, not somebody else, not a sister, not a brother. I want you to ask yourself, Lord, do I really love you with all my heart? 
Lord, could somebody really look at me when nobody else sees me, when I'm out of church, when I'm at home? Can somebody, if they could see me, would they say, now that's a man after God's heart? Or that's a woman after God's heart? I want you to ask yourself that. And I want you to ask yourself any of the things we've covered tonight. And again, I'm trying to edify. I'm trying to build up. I'm trying to encourage you. But ask yourself, what's preventing me from being a man after God's heart, a woman, a young person, a teenager after God's heart? Would be to God that we'd go back to that first love. Personal. I'll be two minutes, brother. Thank you. If I knew that my wife had a week to live and I didn't, and some of us in this room have went through loss, I know that. If I knew that she had one week left to live, I would have went back to the way it was when we first met in different times in our marriage where it was just I want to please you and I want to love you. We had a great relationship. We were always going to be together. But you know what? You get so casual and it's, honey, I'm busy and I'll do this later. Oh, honey, yeah, your dress looks great. You know what? If I knew I had a week left with my wife, I would have looked at her a little bit more. I would have given her my full attention. I would have made sure that nothing in this world took away some of my affection. Because in all honesty, the world did take away some of my affection. Not for my wife and not for my God. But at the same point, I struggled with things in this world. We have a Savior who is coming back for us. And we sang about him tonight. And would be to God that we could straighten things out now as if we knew he was coming back in a week and say, God, let there be no wicked way in me. God, let me love you with all my heart. You'll never, you will never, if you forget everything that I've said tonight, and some of you might be trying hard, I don't know. But it's this, you will never regret having a complete, sold-out heart after your Savior. But you will have regrets if we let it go in this life and we stand before him. So I want to encourage you. I know Brother Lyman may get a little loud, but I love you. I care about you. And it's not about me. It's about this book. It's about our Savior It's about the God we love. Amen. I apologize for going a little too long. Thank you, brother.